0: Dangers and residents of Japan, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite N.B. Kennedy. Hey,
1: everybody. I'm How here. are you doing today? I'm so good. Um, you- I ate dim sum earlier, and uh, I got chicken feet and some other unusual items, and I had a really good time. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I love a lot of weird foods, or at least foods that most Americans consider weird. I don't consider it super weird. I grew up in the rural South, poor. We ate a lot of things.
0: yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell
1: yeah. <laughs> well, you know
0: what was we- considered weird uh, 10 years ago was to be into tokusatsu for- in Japan, here in America. And my buddy over here, Tone, has some insider knowledge about all of this. Welcome to the club, Tone. Thank you. Thank
2: you for having me, guys. Um, Yeah. uh, uh... I'm really excited to
1: have you. I'm sorry that we had a somewhat viscerally negative reaction to the content that we all watched together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's going to be a great episode nonetheless because uh, it's great to have someone with deep Toku lore. Also just a funny person. Oh, cute. This, 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 uh, this is this is going to be a good time. Um, we watched some weird shit together, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, so for full context, we're reviewing uh, Indie Tokusatsu Projects, uh, Stray Bullet, and Gun Caliber. My response to these originally upon watching them was like, I, I had watched a little bit of the other stuff first before I was able to find the Stray Bullet and the Gun Caliber stuff. So I was like, okay, it's actually like pretty all right for the action scenes, right? Um, and then uh, I finally stumbled upon what I needed to stumble upon on YouTube. And uh, it made me very jaded about tokusatsu in general. And like, what is the point of all of this? I think I've contemplated the existence of, uh, of tokusatsu for a bit. Uh, it definitely influenced me negatively. Uh, during the Power Rangers RPM review, though I still think my review score holds the same, but I will say, yeah, uh, Kennedy could tell I was getting burnt out a bit.
1: Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think I think if we retrospectively were to go back and rewatch RPM and Common Teacher, you'll probably be like, eh, give it like a half a point more if you had just watched this beforehand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's possible that I didn't have good weed at the time. Maybe,
2: <laughs> uh, sorry to
0: get so explicit, but it, it could just be that because because there was a point.
1: <laughs>
0: there was, there was a, a point.
1: Good one. <laughs> <good one.
0: laughs> there was a point when I was watching a uh, straight bullet where I had quit out. Like I just didn't finish it because I was like, well, first of all, I'm probably gonna watch mm-hmm. it with Kennedy again. So, like, what's the point of continuing to watch this when it's already bad? And I, I'm going to have to watch it again. But also, like, it got so bad in that moment that I was like, all right, click that X. When I had watched it with Kennedy, I had smoked good weed. And then suddenly <laughs> I was able to finish "Stray Bullet. So, th- there's okay. that.
2: Before we get into that, Tone. Yeah.
1: How'd you get into Tokusatsu? What's your experience with all this stuff?
2: All right. Um, If I'm pulling the sheets back and going back to how I originally got into Tokusatsu, like everybody else, uh, 93, 94 came around when I was a kid. I was in first grade and I saw the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when it came over here, when uh, Maya Sabam and Chuki Levy uh, brought it over. And it kind of stuck with me for a while. And I think when they finally did uh, that special where they brought in their version of Mass Writer, uh, which is what, I guess, Black RX. And they did a whole series about it for, like I guess, about a good season and a half. It kind of piqued my interest because gradually during that time period of exposure in 94, 95, we got so many tokusatsu shows because everybody was trying to cash in on it. Saban, Deke, uh, USA Network themselves. Right. uh, We just watched... uh
1: Tattooed teenage uh, alien fighters from Beverly Hills recently. No fucking way! Yeah. That. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Episode just yeah. recently came out too.
1: You know wow. what? <laughs> I still am surprised. Underrated. By how Underrated. much fun that actually was. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah we, we've been we've been checking out some of the deep dives into. There we was did, uh... just a a glut of shows really trying to cash in whether it was just direct translations or stuff like you know uh just making I mean Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters which is all brand new content but it was trying to cash in on Mystic the style Mystic Knights of
0: Tirnanog, too you know Yes yeah. very much so too
1: yeah. Very very interesting time in media and and a lot of those half forgotten channels like ABC Family whatever type of shit you know yeah they had weird programs on <laughs>
2: yeah yeah yeah.
1: but keep keep going sorry for interrupting no <laughs> no you're absolutely fine like I, I
2: should add on to that uh i remember like what we also got that weird movie star kid uh, a couple of guyver movies in the 90s one done by david hater himself like a bunch wow. of crazy stuff yeah, the second movie I think was also like he starred in it as um, uh, the guy of a character show, and uh, I think he wrote that as well. Cool. Um, but I got fully back yeah, in. Yeah, to... but we also
1: had in that period that was there was a live action Gundam. There was some weird stuff that happened. Back oh that yeah, G
2: Savior. G <laughs> Savior surprisingly though is actually at the very end of the Gundam timeline. So whenever Hathaway gets done, or whenever they decide to finish everything else, uh, Victory Gundam at the very end of that entire timeline for the Universal Century, G Savior is there, and I don't know what they're gonna do with that. <laughs> that, movie, that movie was not great. It was actually made in Canada. It's not. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> but. Um yeah, I'd say around about eighth grade year going into high school, like uh ninth grade, 10th grade, that kind of uh time period I started to get back into Tokusatsu really happy. Um I think uh a lot of people in Southeast Asia were posting a, a bunch of like videos, of music videos and compilations and stuff on YouTube back when it was still getting really hot. Oh and hell
0: yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, man. And one of the first things that I saw was Fives. And Fives got me back into Tokusatsu heavily. Like because, um, I don't know, at that time period, I was just like, you know what? A lot of the stuff that I'm watching is pretty cool, but it just doesn't give me the same feeling of, like, you know, what I used to watch when I was a kid. Especially all these live-action shows Avengers and what have you. And I, I really would like that back. and. Random occurrence watching uh AMV or MV and seeing these designs for five, I think it was uh it was a music video for Eyes Glazing Over. <laughs> yeah, man, Eyes Glazing Over was it was so cool. And I think around about that time, um T V Nihon was starting to sub um all the uh Tokusatsu series in that time period, that, Blade, Hibiki, they were just getting done with the Blade, uh, Hibiki, so it was like maybe about 2005, 2004, somewhere around that area. And I was uh, just super starved for it. Like, I, I needed it. I was like, what is this delicious content? I need more. <laughs> and um, uh, me and a buddy of mine from high school were like, uh, just kind of like, talking to each other going back and forth like hey man you seen this what that's really cool where do you find it at blah 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 um and I think during that time period I had already gotten used to like torrenting things that I needed that I couldn't find anywhere else I got really lucky with like um MIRC so uh there was a time period where like for like a whole year I had watched a whole bunch of stuff that hadn't came out on Toonami and stuff yet like I think round about the same time that Tenjo Tenge came out, I was watching Samurai Champloo, and I was like, oh man, this is going to be real cool when it comes over here. And in that same glimpse, I was downloading episodes of Fize, starting to look into Blade, starting to look into Ryuki, and Ahito, and Kuga, and stuff like that. Hell so, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. And it kind of reached beyond the idea of me talking to my one buddy because we were the only ones that understood that this wasn't Power Rangers or Beatle boards, you know? Yeah. And I started reaching out to different image boards like Japan Hero uh, and another one in particular called Hinchin Justice Unlimited. Now, people in the Tokusatsu community are, may or may not be familiar with Hinchin Justice Unlimited. It's run by an uh, African American gentleman in Milwaukee by the name of Keith Hayward. <laughs> he's kind of a goofball but uh you know he's he's all around cool for uh everybody like everybody knows him and if you've gone to a Power Morpher you've definitely seen that gentleman in a power ranger pose in any of the pictures that he takes regardless of what it is if he's in a costume or not he's just you know That's pretty cool is. but I, I i actually met a lot of the people um, that I know in the Tokusatsu community now through that place. And one person in particular that I became friends with was a man that is only known, really, as Bueno. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know what Bueno's actual fucking name is. I, I have three leads. It may be Daniel or James or kind of with the other one that he gave himself. But it's it's, it's, it's up between Daniel or James. I believe it's Daniel. How That being said, um, during this time period, I feel like Bueno had just uh, immigrated to Japan like for a few years. And um, he was just talking about various like, types of tokusatsu. I think we had gotten really heavy in the fires because that's one of his favorite series as well. And he was... Putting me on to a bunch of like independent tokusatsu that he was um, either involved in or he knew of at that time period. Because uh, his avatar was actually literally like um, one of uh, the character profiles from a independent series created by this production company called Western Power called Zan Saber. Hmm. And if you actually look at his gun caliber character, the helmet design is uh, quite a bit similar to a lot of the Zon Saber characters, if you ever get a chance to see it. If not, I'll find a way to link it. Um, but he was talking a lot about um how he wanted to create his own shot to He, he kind of had a little bit of a jaded opinion about how uh, it wasn't adult enough and really wasn't really giving the elements that he wanted to see in Tokusatsu at the moment. And even though he did not have the scratch or the team to do so, he knew that eventually that he was going to try to accomplish it. I was like, that's really cool, man. Nobody out here is literally doing the same thing. And I'd like to see where this comes eventually. And I think during that time period, uh, it was all conceptual. From what he, t- what he told me, um, he had immigrated from Winnipeg, Canada, all the way to Japan. Uh, had a background in Wushu, and he was trying his best to implement that as a stuntman in an action club. Action clubs are essentially these groups um, <clears throat> or companies for stuntmen in Japan, or mocaption actors, where they go, and they train in warehouses and stuff. And if a video game company or a tokusatsu company that don't have their own in-house stuntmen need people to work for them. They come scout these folks and you know, they work for them. Right. Uh, I think they did the same thing for uh, Resident Evil, particularly Resident Evil four, some of the metal gear solids, that type of thing where it's like just guys walking around with tennis balls on them, flipping guns and jumping off of things. And I think one of the reasons why he kind of found himself back on the image board was because a lot of the people that he had, um, started talking to there were starting to alienate, which is a big thing that you get when you go to Japan. Like If you're not from Japan, prepare to get alienated. It's, it's a xenophobic culture. It's homogenous as well. And there's nothing you can really do about it unless you just wake up one day and become Japanese, which does not, get it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. So don't wait for that one. And as I saw his, grow, uh, his concept grow, I, uh, I tried my best to see if I could uh, do anything to help him. At first, it became like a conversation of like, so are you going to come over here and help me? And I'm like, hold on there, buddy. Hold on. I, uh, I'm a younger guy. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a bit younger than Bueno. I think bueno, may be about be, I think bueno might be pushing his 40s now. Don't Don't tell nobody. <laughs> oh no,
0: that makes this worse.
2: I don't think he's at that that spot just yet, but um, he's close. He's close because I'm 34 and I, I started talking to Bruno in like my early to mid 20s. So, um, But yeah, I think he had al- almost been over there maybe about eight or nine years when we started talking about Hinch and Justice and he was trying to get all these things put together. And the first glimpse of what would be uncaliber I guess, was a straight bullet, which is a movie that he shot with a friend that he had, um, a director by the name of Fumi Man And from what you've seen, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting film. like yeah, uh, so,
1: straight bullet <laughs> is like it's about twenty seven minutes long, as I recall. Really? Uh, and it is uh, short film in the loose sense of the word, because it does not really have a plot, per se. But it's definitely, it's kind of like a hype project, and I get that. Like, he's trying to, like, build hype to, like, make something bigger, but it definitely just has, like, the stink of a certain era of YouTube all
2: over it. Very much so, like... (laughs) One of the biggest uh reoccurring themes that when i wanted to accomplish in that little mockumentary that Strapel is is that he wanted a lot of humor based on trailer park boys so that kind of ricky and bubbles type of frick off man you know that type of thing where like you know the main character is kind of idiots but it's, a, it's an observational humor where you're watching something horrible go down and you can't help but just watch this beautiful train wreck. Yeah. But I don't think he had that comedic timing yet, so it just came off like a little bit off.
1: Also, it's partially a product of its time. I mean, if I had made a, a popular YouTube series in that time, it would probably be cringy by now. I I don't know. Um, <laughs> I,
2: think yeah. that's, I think that's like telltale for all of us cause it, it, it was a different time, like you said, man.
1: Like... Yeah, I want to be clear before we destroy Bueno's uh, delicate creations that, like, I I I have some respect for this guy. Worked hard at it to like make these things happen. There's some competent aspects to some of this stuff. He clearly cared a lot about it. I have to get that out of the way because I I, I have a lot of negative things to say. <laughs> I think before
0: we really get into it, I want to mention that the YouTube channel that they ran, which was Garage Pro TV, right, is pretty neat. Like the videos that they were releasing around the time of Straight Bullet was like tutorial videos on like how to build certain props, you know, how to make certain action scenes that you see in your favorite Tokusatsu series. Like mad respect for that. I love that shit.
2: I fucking
0: love that stuff. Um, And I wish we got to see more of it, honestly.
2: Uh, He wanted to do a lot of those workshops, and I kind of wish they had had higher reception because it probably would have put him
0: in. Yeah. He could have, like, prioritized that over, you know, the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, straight And I, 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 okay. I do want to say before we start, I, I want to say that I think even if you just base it off of the YouTube content, but also off of this film, that I think he gets the core concepts and the, like, idea, the spirit. Like,
1: he gets it. Like, it feels it like a tokusatsu. definitely understands tokusatsu. Yes. Yeah. For In sure. In a way that you can say directors of certain Power Rangers seasons did not. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Very much so. It's just that, from my personal opinion, it's always come from the, like, observation or aspect of a man that seems very jaded with the genre of tokusatsu. Yeah, and it's, it's very jaded media. It's very jaded. And it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of that is because of how Toei does its business. And um, I'm sorry. I mean, that's not going to change. Toei is the biggest boy in this, uh, this yard, and they keep making money residual every year, and they're dropping these series. I mean, in that time period, I'm pretty sure we've had other people do it Tomika, Konami. But they can't stay on the same level. And they've been consistently going since what 1971, maybe even like further than that.
1: Around the, the around that time, because we watched some uh, Battle Fever J, that was like kind of one of the originals, that was like the early 70s or late 60s, I think. That yeah, Battle Fever J surprisingly saved
2: Super
1: Sentai. A lot of people don't know that. I'm surprised. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely surprised. <laughs> Very surprised on that it one. Is, it is a tough thing because tokusatsu is not like phenomenally popular. So you're trying to capture a part of a market that is not massive in the same way that like, I don't know like if you if you were like trying to make like a detectives catch killers type series, you know, like there's a massive popularity for like you know, that kind of crime series and stuff like that. And it's, you don't have to worry as much about where's the audience. Or like, uh, if you're going to do just like a very like sappy, romantic daytime series, again, you don't have to wonder where's the audience. It's always there. But tokusatsu struggles a bit sometimes to like keep the numbers up. And like a lot of companies foray into tokusatsu a little bit and have huge failures and then don't do it again.
0: To right. me I think it's because they have to constantly sell you on the idea of CGI being real. <laughs> Cuz like the minute they can't sell you on the special effects being real is the minute you absolutely cannot get into the genre. Yeah.
2: That's that's a really big thing. Ironically, I think the last production company that had good CGI might have been like Tomica. Because we look at, like, um, Toei's CGI, uh, CGI today.
1: It's just mediocre. Think, yeah. It is.
2: Mediocre as hell. Like, I haven't seen, like, a really good CGI, like, scene since, like, Rescue Fire. Though, That's <laughs> amazing. Personal opinion, but, you know, like, I like the firemen, you know, and the giant robots slicing, basically just walking fire. Uh, I don't know how they made that so engaging, but they did, and I've hmm. heard through like 50 episodes of that. Gotta
0: put that one on the list. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> the, Tom- the Tomika Hero Rescue Series, if you like the concept of um, Lightspeed Rescue or GoGo Five, please watch Tomika Hero Rescue Force or Tomika Hero Rescue Fire.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're definitely going to watch that for the show at some point. Hell yeah.
2: I, I think the actually the second series series, uh, Fire, actually has two openings done by Jam Project, which is, like, this collective of, like, hot-blooded singers and sing- uh, uh, singers from, like, uh, mecha anime and everything. So you got, like, uh, what's that name? So Hironobu Kagiama, I think that's him. Yeah. And uh, Masaki Endo. Sometimes Akira Mizuki is a part of it, but just, they've done so many big mecha projects that you'll know their voices immediately
0: Nice. Hell okay,
2: yeah. okay. Hell yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry, getting back to brass tacks. So... No, no, actually,
1: this is probably what this episode is going to be more than anything. It's just like, thinking well, go... about tokusatsu. Why, why not? Kennedy, what? go ahead and explain the plot okay, of Stray Bullet. Explain the plot of Stray Bullet. This one's going to be a record-breaking quick plot explanation. Um... <laughs> There is this common Rider, except he doesn't have like a motorcycle-esque guy named Gun Caliber. But he gives off kind of a common Rider vibe a little bit, which makes sense because eventually he really becomes a common Rider, basically. Who um, wanders around Tokyo drunk a lot, doesn't seem to get a whole heck of a lot done, and is sort of a, a mostly a failure in life. He's, like, the lowest-ranked hero in all of history or something like that. Uh, And the first half of it is just mostly, like, people shitting on him and talking about how he's not very good at being a hero. But then the second half is there's some people that are like, actually, he's an underrated guy that's here for the community. And... I actually didn't mind that concept, but it was like a bit long and weird and arduous. Um, But literally that's like the plot recap. Nothing else really happens.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: so Gun Caliber is a degenerate. (laughs) All of the nice things that people say about him isn't shown. It's just said. Uh, and it it really needed to be shown. Also, there's no action sequences, this entire thing, which I found very weird. Like, why?
2: <laughs> right about that time, I don't think um, Winter had enough people to actually do action scenes with, and his action club would not participate with him. I don't think just yet with that one. It it so- just felt
0: like a movie. It felt like a side, a side movie that you make after the debut project of the universe, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Like, like you
0: gotta sell me on the world that they're, that he's in first and get me interested in it and then sell me on this character project. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't introduce the world stuff until Gun Caliber. And I was just like, come on. Like, you know, it kinda, it, that like if you gave me that context from the Gun Caliber movie, It probably would have made it a little bit more tolerable. But the the most intolerable parts about this is like, it's just him just like being absolutely nihilistic and cynical about the world for like 12 minutes. All the other like bits of the movie is just everybody talking shit about him, rightfully so. And like, yeah, like why do you do it? Do you do it because you get to shoot people? Like that. That's that's it, right? Like that has to be it. And then they're like, "What's your superpower?" He's like, "I have guns. I shoot at things." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, that's boring. Why does this? Why does this movie exist?" You know, like I, I like it kind of just, it doesn't justify its existence in any shape or form. It doesn't actually justify its existence until gun caliber, which I'm sure. Like, didn't come out for like multiple years after this project. So, literally, like, you do not give a shit about Stray Bullet at all until you watch Gun Caliber. But you need the story from Stray Bullet to get con- Gun Caliber. So, like, it doesn't. <laughs> he made this incorrectly.
2: The irony there is that, um, I think during the time period after he got Straight Bullet out, um, Bueno and the one of the main cameramen on uh, Caliber, um, Fernando Ramos, uh, were actually pushing it around at various cafes and bars in Tokyo to see if anybody would be interested in it. it. You know, just you know for like the type of quote unquote movie night type of thing. And they'd go up and they'd do like these like back and forth diatribes of like kind of uh, Trailer Park Boys this humor. And I guess Japanese crowds are kind of, like, enjoying it and eating it up, but for the most part, it's pretty much what you said. Like, it seems like a sidebar introduction to a character that you should already know about. And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, when you get into Gun Caliber, how it feels a lot like Windows kind of self-insertion fantasy, where... He's always wanted to do this himself, and you can see it a lot in how the media itself moves the aspect of the character itself
1: and a lot of the
2: shit that he does,
0: yeah, oh my and God, I, yeah, I, I think part you're of so
1: that, right that that's very true. I think part of that also probably has to do with like there's almost a level of self awareness that gets to be too much, where like it feels like. He's so genre aware that he's forgotten that someone might watch this and not have seen a Tokusatsu. Like
0: it it feels like a perverse thought you had to yourself. And then you were like, fuck it. I wanna film that shit. Yes.
2: (laughs) Or whatever. That is it. Oh my god. That is
0: literally.
1: I expected that like Pornhub music to start at any second.
0: (laughs) And and he's, like, the pervert, like, he's that pervert that's, like, you want to see this dream I had? <laughs> Made a film of it.
2: <laughs> uh. Uh. Yeah, yeah
1: it- no, that's, that's pretty fucking accurate. It, it It's weird, for sure. And then it just gets weirder when we get into the real content, which is Gun Caliber. Um, full disclosure, uh, Grav just turned this movie off. <laughs> uh, I think halfway or two thirds in. Um, no,
0: I think I think I quit out at 30 minutes on this. I, mean, one.
1: I don't know when it, it was. It, the
0: movie's like an hour and a half, I think.
2: Couldn't do it. Or is it
0: more? I, I can't remember. I quit out at 30.
2: <laughs> well, from what I remember, like I guess about a year or two into its original release. Uh Bueno took it and cut it in the episodes onto the Garage Pro YouTube page because it it felt like it was probably too long for people that either like Tokusatsu or aren't familiar with Tokusatsu would be able to, like, kind of consume it a little better. Like, the only reason why I'm able to, like, see it through beginning to end is because (sighs) I've seen it too many times. You subtitled this movie, right? Yes, actually, if you look at the subtitles, um, (laughs) you will definitely know that I have, like, um, especially during uh, quite a few You thought
0: you could skate by and not have to mention this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I worked on a lot of the subtitles and dialogue for the movie, trying to palette or, um. Make it palatable for uh, Western audiences, and you know, just making it sound cohesive as opposed to all the Japanese you're hearing in the background. Uh, that also implies like um, just how the words look and sound when people are talking about them, especially um, the the cherry blossom scene with um, the Todai student student uh, getting painted. On his stomach, and
1: uh, you know, just
2: basically being hazed by uh, Gun Caliber and
0: his
1: buddies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is like- more.
0: If you're gonna watch this, watch <laughs> it on YouTube. Do not watch it in long form. Specifically, watch Gun Caliber in like YouTube cut form. Uh, so I've watched the full thing. It's on dot TV. You can watch it there for free. Um, I got 30 minutes in before I quit out and I want to I want to say this so All of these movies that we're talking about have an element of softcore porn to them mm, Yeah, yes, they- I don't care if he hired sex workers for his movies to act in them. However in this instance, it's literally like here I am fucking this sex worker, except it's a part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So you, oh. as the viewer, are watching me fuck this chick in a costume. Yeah. Like, there's very it... few directors that I would ever watch doing that. Maybe it, like Zack Snyder. I don't it know.
2: Is, it is very Woody <laughs> Allen-ish in its inception, where it's once again, that, that, that self-insertion fantasy comes into it, where it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's uh, a little taboo to add this as uh, exposition for it, but when he immigrated from Canada to Japan, it, from what he told me, it was not a good, uh, you know, a good term. I'm not sure if he's, you know, still cool with his uh, immediate family. Uh, I think he had like beef with like his parents when he left. The way that he actually even got over there, from what he told me, and you know, from what he said, he was on bad terms with his with his folks. They ended up kicking him out, and um, he talked to his wushu instructor, and I think he set him up with a couple of guys that he knew over in Japan. All he had to do was, uh, you know, work a few odd jobs for a while, and make up the money that he needed to go ahead and live plane to get over. He was over there uh, for a few years, lived in a hostel uh, for a while, and then kind of gradually moved his way up. And while he was doing that, he was trying to, um, you know, create this concept of this movie uh, originally with uh, Straight Bullet, and then on to Gun Caliber and Striga. So it's it's been it's been a growing uh, moment that I've, I've watched him do all of this stuff. It's just. Uh, I didn't think it was gonna be like this. I, I, I honestly didn't. I, I, I don't know. It, it was it's like the early two thousands when this happened, so I didn't think it. I mean, I don't know. I was probably in a different headspace where I thought like all of this cool, you know, like costumes and mooks and titties and you know everybody you know thinks that's cool when they're younger. I imagine. But I'm you know, there. listen,
1: I watch a lot of horror movies. Including low-budget ones. People Mm -hmm. get their titties out and stuff. I'm not, like, entirely opposed to that idea, but there's a level of, like, weird disgustingness to this content. (laughs) So, like, if this was on
0: Pornhub or, like, (laughs) X Hamster or something like that, and the video title was, like, Weird Toku Movie... And you just clicked it and it played or whatever. I'd probably watch it and just go like, "What the fuck?" And it would be like this internet meme that you'd see or whatever. It'd be like, oh, what's your culture take on Gun caliber?
2: Oh, <laughs> oh it's Yuzoku. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, it, like, if that was, like, the platform it debuted on, it'd make a lot more sense to me. <laughs> but because it's not, it's like, oh, okay. Like, cool, I guess, but at the end of the day, like... You have to justify your existence as to why you're a hero, and I feel like with stray bullet out of the way and into gun caliber like he still really hasn't justified his existence as a superhero at all other than that like Japan operates on a society of shame and he's outright saying that shame doesn't work on him
2: then nah, I guess that's what it is like it's a lot of it kind of feels like it's very personal to him, where it's like, look at me. I said I was going to do it, and I'm doing it, you know? That type of, like, uh, I guess, thoughts towards it. Yeah,
0: I like it, but only ironically.
1: (laughs) I think the issue for me, too, that makes it, like, really into that, veer really into that territory of just, like, self-insertion fantasy that I can't take seriously and that I just find at a certain point kind of distressing for various reasons, um, is that, like, the, the lines between these things don't make any sense. Nothing, like, it's really clear that it's a fantasy when all you ever do is show this guy be an unlikable dick, but then ten minutes later there's, like, several beautiful women fawning for him, you know? Like, yeah, he, he, there's not even, like, an attempt to make him, like, an edgy anti-hero that, like, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't get me, but the ladies love me. Like, he never even establishes that. Not
0: at <laughs> it's all. like it an Elon Musk-esque, like, common writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if the douchebag who never gets it in with the ladies, actually got it in with the ladies.
2: What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty accurate. You see it a lot in the, uh, the aspects at the beginning of the movie, too, where it's like uh, the Pachinko scene. Also, shout out to a couple of the actors in the Pachinko scene. The older gentleman with the band around his head is actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the director of the... Cult movie, big tits zombie. Um, what is his name, by the way? That is, uh, I think it's Takao Nakano. Yeah, yeah, Takao Nakano. So if you see him there, and if you've ever seen big tits zombie, or I think, uh, yeah, no, big tits zombie. That's the one, uh, which is a uh, bad, like, but good kind of culty horror film that he made like a few years ago, where. It's a bunch of women trying to survive in this barren town of uh, where they have no idea where anybody is. I think they're like, I don't think they're like they're, they're sex workers. There's something along the lines of it or like candy stripers or party girls or what have you. And they end up having to fight their way out of this entire neighborhood or town, just riddled with like badly made zombies. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, him uh, and just the, the work where he's, like, sitting in the pachinko parlor, going on in, and he's dealing with all these, like, you know, uh, things from his boss and coworkers, And then he just cuts off and goes into, like, uh, a bar. And the next thing you know, he's smoking blunts and rubbing on titties and, you know, eating lo mein and getting shit fixed.
1: Yeah, just, that feels very incongruous.
0: It's it's very power <laughs> fantasy, but all right, Kennedy. What's the plot of Gun Caliber? Dude,
1: I don't fucking know.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so Gun what's Caliber the world is we're in? What does the opening text scroll say?
1: Uh, Gun Caliber is a guy. Uh, the world is full of heroes, but Gun Caliber is a bad one. <laughs> Uh, they passed
0: the they, like uh, anti-degeneracy down on heroes.
1: act yeah, for superheroes. Down on heroes. So they want heroes to behave themselves more and Gun Caliber is like, no, I have to have titties in my face. You can't stop me.
2: Give me titties um, or give me death.
0: <laughs> well, basically all of Japan's superhero society crumbled under the weight of this crackdown. And they were like, the only the only people who can be superheroes now are these degenerates or vigilantes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then it it zooms in on gun caliber on a rooftop fucking jacking it to a dirty mag. And you're just like, ah, cool. Right in what
2: my a-
1: face. <laughs> what a simple man. Simple need. Yeah. There's a company called like Vivex. Right? Something I, like I uh, guess.
2: What uh the company in the movie? Yeah. I think oh Vector Core,
1: yeah. Vector, something like that. Yeah. Is up to some stuff. I don't yeah.
2: know what happened. Wasn't that Straga?
1: It got really no, I mean uh, no. also but Vector returns
2: in Straga, but originally in the first movie, uh they unveiled some new uh, device called the Gendra, some kind of energy filtration system that an evil organization wants. And um, it's not really made that clear. You actually have to pay attention to the newscast to actually even understand what the fuck is going on. But
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause like I'm, I'm thinking back on the movie and I'm just like, I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. And I'm just like, If I explain it this way, it's not going to make any fucking sense.
1: Let me explain it like this. There's a degenerate hero who waffles between being a lazy sack of shit that is unlikable, but also sometimes is the life of a party at certain places. And then also sometimes he beats someone up. That's basically the movie. Um, There's also like a very uncomfortable scene where he buys guns uh uh and things of that i don't know there's just like a lot of all
2: right that actually brings me to another point Oh,
0: right (laughs) that scene okay okay so what's the background behind the buying a gun scene
2: well the buying the gun scene actually um includes uh one of my uh friends from that era of me going on to message boards and learning more about tokusatsu and being in the community a bit more. That uh, gentleman, Blue, or Azure, is uh, Michael Anthony Kinder. And he is a, uh, I want to say, a retired or former uh, Navy serviceman who decided to live in Japan, and he also cosplays for tokusatsu. A lot of, like, there's a lot of really cool Super Sentai ones. I know he's done Deka Master. Take Master's amazing. What is it? Boken Blue, uh, Avari Killer. But, you know, that's how I knew him. And yeah. he had been wanting to get into Tokusatsu a while. Because through that, and I want to say the inboard on 4chan, we knew a few people that were actually doing uh, work as extras on stage shows. And we were we were like, man, that's really cool. If we could do that, man, that'd be great. And I feel like Mike had way more um, aspirations and chances to do so because he was pretty athletic, Mike breakdances dances in his spare time, plus he's already got the idea of how to work with like costumes and stuff. So he was like, you know, he's just kind of sitting on something, you know, trying to figure out what he should do. Plus he's like, you know, like a six foot three, six foot four black dude in Japan. Not many people are talking to him. You know, yes. not on the same level as like, you know, it would be over here in in America. So I, I understand there is a big thing about being, you know, by yourself and being isolated in a country that doesn't want to interact with you. So, you know, at this time, we know Mike and, uh, the other gentleman, Sean, uh, Sean Nicole, uh, who I knew from, uh, if you remember the uh, social media site Ning, there was a Scott Pilgrim Ning that I used to be a part of in the early 2000s that um, I have a lot of friends from that I, uh, <laughs> I talk to this day. One of them is Aaron Anchetta, who is an uh, who is a, uh, author, or illustrator, who's trying to put together uh, now a comic book series on, I think it's, what, what is the tune uh, site? Webtoons, right? I think he's doing Magical uh, Kawaii Girls or Kawaii Patrol, which is a magical girl uh, series that he's doing. That's really really good. I hope it eventually comes out uh, soon. That plus uh, we, would, we were all able to talk to and interact with the creator of the original Scott Pilgrim series, Ryan Lee O'Malley, on a social media site. So it was it was really cool for all of us. Through that, I, I talked to Sean and. Um, I asked him if he would like to, you know, work on a movie. And I ended up getting Sean and Michael to work with Buenao as characters in Gun Caliber that way. So Sean uh, and Michael, you'll see throughout the movie. You may not know it's them all the time, but it's definitely them. Now, the the superhero that you see moving around with the metal head and, like, the all-black body, that's Mike. The Red Ranger that is, like, beating up gun caliber with garbage, that's Sean. The one that gets painted with the big blue uh, toad-eye symbol, that's Sean. So you, you see them throughout the movie. Oh, also, Mike is, of course, blue. Like, these are different concepts that Bueno kind of had that he needed somebody to put in there with. And I was like, you know what? You need help? I can't get over there right now, but I, I have friends over there. Sure, man. Uh, I'll send them your way. And they seem to be really happy and enjoying themselves with everybody. Um, I uh, just, uh, I don't know if it's still like that. So the
0: reason why we mentioned this scene in particular is because it's very racist. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I know, like, there's this is really <laughs> intricate backstory to all, that's how these two people met, but yeah, no, that scene's, do be racist, white.
1: <laughs> this movie had yeah. sexism, racism, homophobia, it's got a lot of, a lot of stuff in it.
0: The pachinko owner, I feel really bad for, she's the only good person in this whole movie, and she's literally looking out for Bueno's like best interests, and Bueno's like "fuck you," and leaves. <laughs> and like the crazy stuff about Stray Bullet and Gun Caliber, and what we'll talk about in the Patreon is Straga, is uh, which actually does actually have a coherent plot. So that one is a, at least a step up in that regard. People liked them for their edginess at the time. Like, you can be on YouTube, and you could still see comments that people were making, like, nine years ago, 11 years ago, on these videos, and being like, this still holds up. Or five years ago, or shit, sooner than that. They're like, oh, man, this is Kino. Like, this is great stuff. <laughs> and just
2: Wish we would have gotten more
0: character profiles from this <laughs> world. It's so crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's... You had a, com-
0: a YouTube comment in 2016. Uh, in Straight Bullet, Gun Caliber uh, hates... Goes on, like, a big rant about, like, hating old people and hating kids. And, like, you have people saying that they don't want Gun Caliber around your kids. And I'm like, yeah. You don't want Gun Caliber around your kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That
2: Fuck. I don't trust him yeah, at all. Yeah. I think that's like one of the, one of the things that I actually did kind of like find myself laughing at a few times, especially like the birthday party scene. Oh like, my uh... God. <laughs> is that
1: when we quit? That's when we quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we through And looked at a few other scenes after. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we quit. Because it's like, surely the
0: movie wouldn't go there. And then the movie goes there. And you're like, can I continue watching? And you're like, I have to watch for this fucking podcast. (laughs) So So then we kept watching until the next moment happened. And we're like, ah, fuck. So before I quit out, we did scrabble through a couple of sex scenes. Because the (laughs) sex scenes just popped out of nowhere. Like, my, like they'll just oh, show the up out of fucking a, the nowhere.
1: The villains have a sex scene out of yep. nowhere.
2: That might be my favorite personal scene because of how stupid.
1: Honestly, I found that kind of funny, but it was also just like, woof! I don't. What's what's even happening? Like,
0: but it was like a full-on sex scene. Yeah, like you
1: would so think, right. like the, the
0: way we're talking about these scenes, you're like, oh, it's. It's a fucking sex scene. What is it, like 15 seconds? Come on, you fucking pussies. Every time
2: (laughs) it's a sex scene, it's
1: softcore porn, okay?
2: No, it's, yeah, it's like legitimately like four minutes. That one we might have to elaborate.
1: Elaborate, elaborate.
2: All righty, so do you guys remember back when Brian Michael Bendis was making new characters for Marvel, Miles Morales, uh, I think Jeff Lowe and Sam Alexander was a new Nova, and then we got a new Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember, remember that? Bree Williams, Ironheart, yeah. and, and there was a small name licensing dispute between Marvel and some company in Japan for that. No. Oh, oh I think you do. <laughs> Wait, is- <laughs> that is, that is an actually um, that is actually an adult entertainment company production company called Giga. Bueno worked for Giga. Most of the female actresses with their tops off and their costumes like doing all this sex work for the movie are actresses that have worked or were scouted from Giga. For about, I think, about a good two to three years' time span, Bueno worked at Giga and tried to maximize his like talent network that way. So when he came away from there and started to work on Strega, he actually had the prop makers from fucking Gigger making his suit for him, which is fucking insane. He had the, impl- the employ of, like, a lot of the female actresses from there. He had some serious pull there. And the only reason why he, like, actually, you know, stopped working there was because apparently his boss was just fucking crazy. Like, apparently, any time he was doing something and they were done with the footage and they were bringing it back to the warehouse... He'd be afraid that somehow that Bueno was going to try to take it and steal it and sell it to competitors or any of the actresses are trying to, like, you know, get sniped by someone else, you know, another production company or a talent agency. And he was he was very just paranoid about it all the time. And I think Bueno made his bones working as an extra for fight choreography and stunt work and then eventually worked his way up to directing and handling You know, basically, because it's J-A-V, and these women uh, probably didn't want to become J-A-V idols originally, but it's a part of the business now. There's probably scenes where they've had to, um, you know, just stop and go like, I don't want to fucking do this, you know? No, stop, stop. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. When it was the guys that had to come back and coax that poor girl into the scene, like, a few times. He's told me where he's just like, yeah. I he's had to be like, look, yeah, let's just let's just get it done. And
1: he seems like that kind of person now that you uh So
0: he was the guy. <laughs> oh my. So god So they would be doing filming of oh, some scenes, god. and then the woman would just stop and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Run off, and then he would go to them and be like, Come on, we got to get this
2: done. That. And I don't know. I guess it he comes with the territory so much
1: about these terrible movies. What the? fuck? <laughs> oh my God, I'm losing my mind over this. this.
2: yeah, and I don't know. I guess through that situation he's he's been able to forge like working relationships with these women. so, when, you know, when he's like, you know, hey, I need to shoot this scene for my own personal movie, which might come in and doing this and that, you know, it takes a lot of coaxing, but they're still like, well, you did help me through that one scene and I did make some money off of that. That's given me a bit of notoriety. All right, sure. Um, Because I think um, some of the girls that have worked in that movie, uh, have gone on to do a lot of better things, gotten in the J-dramas and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an bag. aspect of Exactly. Get that fucking bag. It's that aspect of Tokusatsu that we don't talk about enough. Like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kegureshia from uh, Go-Onger, uh, Japan's uh, uh she's a former J A V star. Seen a <laughs> few scenes with her. So, yeah. She's like it's it's not uh, uncommon to do that. Plus, if you're familiar with Garo, which is Keita Amamiya's uh, Tokusatsu series for adults, a lot of the female actresses in there are J are former JV or current working J V idols. So it's an aspect that you will see quite a lot. Shit, man. By the way, Garo. Garo, it's really fucking cool. It's like it's 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 it's, it's uh it's the adult tokusatsu of, uh, choice, I guess. Uh, not discounting gun help from the situation, but hey, man, where else are you going to see Gokai Silver (laughs) Bangalady? Oh my god.
0: This is insane. What fucking world am I living in?
1: Damn, this actually makes sense of some stuff like how horny the Power Rangers gets at times. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah, bringing it back to that original thing, Marvel had a dispute with uh, Giga because Giga had put out two years earlier, like, um, or just, like maybe not even two, like three or four or five years maybe earlier, where they did a female parody of like Iron Man, like the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man.
0: From, like, you know, I like- know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and I've also seen the Iron Heart cover. Yeah.
2: I've seen the trailer the for that. Cover, right?
0: Yeah, I just saw the cover.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen more. i more. Mean, that's, that's not great in it in and of itself either. But you know, whatever.
1: What yeah. Think. Wow. This has been an experience. Should we just rate and review? Is there anything else to even say about? this Was there yet? any
0: other scenes from Gun Caliber that you wanted to talk about?
2: No. I um. will mention a few in particular, which are the fight scenes. I know that one of these. Good big-
0: and misleading because it happens in the first five minutes of the movie, and you're like, oh, actually, you know what? F- kind of
2: pug. You guys might have to go ahead and just poke back in to see the final fight. Okay. All right. Fair That's, enough. That, that'll probably be the only thing that like, I, I, I go.
1: I, I could tell that the dedication to some of the fight and stunt choreography was there. Not necessarily 100% of the time, but, like, 90%, which is pretty fucking good for an independent project.
0: With a budget of $100 on video effect footage, the first fight was pretty good.
1: With a budget of 20 chicken nuggets per stunt member. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, um... There is... You
1: um, get a chicken nugget after every stunt, by the way, if you're wondering <laughs> how that
2: works. I mean, hey, hey it, it works because in Japan, you know, they got those big convenience store tendies where it's like it's the size of your fucking hand. So, you know, yeah, there you go. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Take your tendies. The biggest thing I'd say is like, it's part of uh, the magnus, magnum opus of another person, which is a gentleman by the name of Joey Min and he was the fight choreographer for the movie. Joey Min is a part of a collective of stunt guys called uh, Art School Dropouts from New Jersey. And I think think Bueno, uh, uh, you know, grinded for a bit so he can have the money to bring him over, here, over there to do that. A lot of the aspects of, like, Bueno's martial arts for his movies are weird and different, only because he doesn't use traditional karate or any kind of, like, you know, that kind of martial arts. Bueno's background is in wushu, so a lot of it is like Chinese martial arts stuff, so it's like synced up to, I'd say, maybe something a little little bit more Jackie Chanish, you know, Meals on Wheels type of thing.
0: To add further context
2: to all of this,
0: like, we have to understand that the indie tokusatsu community was small, mm-hmm. much smaller than what it currently is today. Because we're talking like, there was just series that weren't subtitled yet.
2: Nah. Like nah, you, you just
0: didn't have access to until the internet like circa maybe depending on what series you're looking at, it could be as soon as today. We're still there's still teams out there subtitling old series
2: Are uh, from you back then. Fucking kidding me. Right now I'm still waiting for fucking Toei World to give me proper subs of Blue SWAT, even though it's garbage, I still wanna watch it. Like <laughs> Draft, Soul Brain, Jazz Beyond, With Spectre, a, a Jan Person. Japan? I need that. That still have not gotten it. There's an entire generation of metal hero shows that I can't fucking watch because no one's ever subbed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and this was like the height of like indie Tokusatsu uh back yeah. then. This is what constituted as like a viral video, a viral project, you know, yeah. a viral Very channel. Great.
2: The only other parallel we would have to independent tokusatsu during that time period was there is one short that a guy made called Ultraman Sort Of, where it's a very, very, like, art school, like, final project-ish type of thing where a man takes a Ultraman rubber suit, and he's a normal-sized Ultraman, and I guess he's like a line cook or something, and he just steps away from, like, his job as a chef to go outside in the alley and fight a space alien and then go back in. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking bullshit, but it's like, we didn't have anything else at the time, and it's, it was really interesting. That yeah. or um, there's another actor that actually, uh, in his series, you will see Gun Caliber appear in an episode because he showed up at Japan. Jay Fernando Huerta, who did Battle Hero Absolute, where he didn't have the uh, props and stuff that one would need to have a significant like tokusatsu series that had a bit of originality to it or you know personal flair, my man had BMX biker gear and used it to the best of his extent. Where he knew how to work like special effects, I guess in Adobe After Effects or what have you, well enough where it became a compelling story. Like, hmm. so Battle Hero Absolute and Ultraman, sorta, and, you know, and Gun Caliber comes along with its costumes and titties and gun effects. Oh, God, I'm forgetting one particular thing about this. That whole entire age of, like, early Tokusatsu in the early 2000s. All right, so there is a grandfather podcast that we may have to mention in this situation. Which is R five Central? Are you guys familiar with that? I am not. R five Central was kind of like a radio drama ish type of podcast that was Tokusatsu based. That was done, I'd say, in the early to mid two thousands by a guy called Mike Dit um, out of Milwaukee as well. I think. I think he's don't 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 quote me on that. I don't, I, I I do still remember exactly where he was from. I don't think that's right. But Mike Dent did this entire um, kind of play of a podcast where it felt like uh, this anime character on this uh, intergalactic spaceship looking at a feed and, you know, talking about news of Kuro Tokusatsu and anime and, like, kaiju movies with his animated AI computer system. And... They they're pretty prevalent uh, prevalent in like the early 2000s community because I think everybody knows them uh, or knows Mike uh, Keith Hayward over at Hinchin Justice, Jay Fernando Cuerto over there. Um, actually, for Gun Caliber, Bueno had um, Mike do all the voice uh, clips for all the weapons for Gun Caliber. So Fatal Recoil, that's his voice. Uh, Phalanx. Uh, mode spread. Mode. It is a
0: pretty cool voice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mike has a really cool voice. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've always thought that. So it, it gave it another selling point to like the whole idea of like, this was, this is really cool at the time period. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've not spoken to Mike in years. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if him and Bueno are friends anymore, but like, I think after that period where he did the uh, voice sets for the pieces of the the gun caliber guns, they I don't think they talk anymore. But you know, yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's just a very like ten years from getting canceled because Japan hasn't had its Me Too moment yet.
2: (laughs) 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 Um, It's not like it's not like he doesn't like try. Like, um, if you guys are familiar with, like, Common Rider V-Vice and, like, the, um, the vice actor's, uh, kind of little controversy on Instagram where, like, he was, like, doing a couple of racist things that, like, you know, it's just, like, kind of that culturally ignorant pseudo-racist thing that, like, Japan kind of does sometimes. Yeah. Uh Oh, it's blackface. Oh, that's not, that's, that's, that's not cool. Oh, okay. I don't understand why, but, all right, whatever. That type of thing. Uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. He uh, he he kind of he kind of bought in on that, and uh, a lot of a lot of the friends I knew in the Wichita community was like not riding with that. It we was just like, why, why, bro, why, what the fuck? But I I don't know. I think ever since Bueno has been over there, he's kind of looked at himself as, 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 as like one of those types of adopted Japanese citizens as opposed to, like, you know, all of us over here as the dumb Westerners with our reactionary bullshit, you know, that type of shit. We're all SJW movies, blah, 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 blah. Cancel culture this, blah, 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 blah. So, Kennedy, you're kind of right up the alley. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, he doubled down on it. I think, like, eventually he kind of dissolved the Facebook page that he had, and now he just has a page, like, you know, an entertainer type of thing. And uh. so when that controversy was going on for a hot minute, he just changed his face to the uh to the uh, actor for Vice who had had like a like a he blackfaced himself full body to look like Snoop Dogg, and it was uh it was not good. It was not what good. Oh yeah. So Boyle had that as his profile pic for a hot minute. And he was just kind of letting everybody know, yeah, uh, you guys are stupid, and I don't think this. Bro. Bro. (laughs) That's
0: crazy. I think also just in general, uh the community back then was very gated, right?
2: Yeah. Um if you if you're if you're, you know, privy to how it's it it is, like in the community, there's a lot of gatekeepers. Um a lot of people don't mention them mainly because it's kind of like uh, it's practically career suicide. Like if you ever wanted to become somebody known in the such community, talking about them, I guess, will kind of like make them seem like you're you're probably eventually a black hole because they know people and whatever conventions or panels that you're trying to do, they will eventually. Yeah, I don't know. There might be something that might run into uh, run into problems, say, as in like. I don't know why this my you know my panel's giving away or something like that I, I don't know maybe maybe not even that maybe I'm inciting it too much, but <laughs> um
0: all right, well, we've given it all the context and all the <laughs> all the help we could potentially give it for this rating.
1: what are we gonna what are we gonna rate and review it? um, I'll go first, uh so. There are some technically competent aspects of this film that, like, I watch a lot of independent films. I've seen films that were uh, worse made from a technical perspective than this. Also, uh, the tokusatsu elements are definitely there. Um, Bueno understands the genre very well. Uh, And uh, some of the fight scenes are kind of cool. That said, this is a negative two. It's one of the worst things I've ever (laughs) seen. Um, uh, uh, this is as low as we rate anything on this show Uh, and uh, this 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 is like one of the only things to rival in my mind this movie called Meridian that I saw once that I consider to be the worst film I've ever seen um, that features a 15 minute long werewolf rape scene what? Uh so we you know you just barely cleared the bar of not as bad as a 15 minute long werewolf rape scene. I'm sorry that I watched this. That's my review. Okay. Uh
0: what about Stray Bullet?
1: Uh Stray Bullet's a 1.
0: Okay, fair.
1: <laughs> uh there was like one joke towards the end that made me laugh, so that's one point.
0: Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna give stray bullets a zero. Uh, I'm gonna give gun caliber a negative two. I originally was gonna give gun caliber potentially like just a zero and just be like, I mean, bueno gets it. You know, like bueno gets Toku. Um, but I, I think Kennedy put it right when they said that sometimes you can use your powers for evil. And you know, maybe th- this is this comes from an evil place. <laughs> it's it's uh it's degenerate. Uh it's degeneracy <laughs> filmed and it's crass. It's constantly being thrown at my face. <laughs> like, him, the director of the movie, is fucking some actress. Here it is on screen for you, fellas. Bam. You know? uh, Just, like, just shit. Uh, here he is dumping liquid over everybody and being up on somebody at the park who talks shit about him on camera. Cool. <laughs> that was neat. Because of how crass it is and how in your face it is, it makes plot elements just make no fucking sense too, which I think is a problem.
2: Yeah. It's you can tell but, it's kind of a freshman uh, film where it's like there's a lot of things that he wanted to put in it, but they just don't fit together cohesively.
0: Yeah. The Pachinko singing I thought was pretty good. Uh it he needed to like Just work with her. You know, there there was multiple times where they gave Bueno a chance to be a good person, and then he just goes, fuck you, every time.
1: Yeah, you know what, I'm gonna go one step further with my, uh, takes on this, which is to say, first of all, this is not an anti-hero. I'm so fucking tired of people just being like, a dick who occasionally does a good deed is an anti-hero. That's not the fucking definition. That's not good storytelling. Like, make your anti-hero into someone who's actually flawed in an interesting way and whose flaws come out in an interesting way. And then, you know, you're able to kind of see past that at moments. Not this. Also, with that in mind, I remember you saying that uh, Trailer Park Boys was a big influence for Bueno. Mm -hmm. I am a fan of Trailer Park Boys. I've seen every season of the show. Um, bueno, you missed the mark, bud. And let me tell you, me tell you why, because this is relevant to all of this, is that in Trailer Park Boys, we did we addressed this earlier, Gun Caliber is someone you wouldn't leave your kids around. Trailer Park Boys is fundamentally a show about people who are, like, family people at the end of the day. And what's funny about them in part, and this, again, gets back to the idea of an anti-hero, what's funny about the, that show in part and what makes them likable is that these people are clearly really good people on certain levels who really look out for each other and have this, like, familial attitude towards their community that we live in, or that they live in. But they just also happen to get drunk a lot, make mistakes, swear, take their dick out in public, you know, whatever. Um, And that combination, bueno, that's what you are lacking. Like... Where's the scene where Bueno is, like, just legitimately a good dude in some aspect of his life, even though he's a dick in other aspects? That's what we needed if this was really going to sell. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Multiple times, they were, like, layup. Like, just trying to give him a layup, and he's just, like, fucking swats it out of here. He's like, nah, no points for my team, dog. not today. <laughs> it's a fuck you
2: it's such it a is, big fuck you yeah it is a very big fuck you like I, I think gun caliber was Bruno's way of letting everyone know like like I lived bitch I survived you know look at me now motherfucker I am the writer Rider Power Ranger quote unquote and the context
1: yeah. definitely helps but I don't like it more
0: it's just so much unnecessary bullshit
1: yeah
2: it's essentially going into like a a baseball stadium men's room and there's like the fucking like urine like urinals like all the way down the line and everybody's peeing like normal and you come over you don't move you don't move uh one urinal over you're just right next to like everybody else on the fucking line and you and your pants are around your fucking ankles and you're not even holding your dick. You're just pissed. That's you you're look
1: you're, you're you're looking at the guy next to you stream and commenting on it. Yeah, like yeah. damn boy, you frying
2: chicken or what? Like, like, like,
1: like damn, no, bueno. You really didn't have to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Tell, tell like, like, you, like his reaction is always, like, two steps too far.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it like, makes sense when you think about the era of, like, this movie comes out in 2010, he starts filming it in 2008. Right? Like, um, this is when, like, people were doing blackface on YouTube on the regular and just getting away with it. <clears> so, <throat> like, to an extent, that makes sense. Now, on Patreon, uh we're gonna review, in a sense, uh the next movie in this series, Straga, which comes out way later, and that is where it no longer even can be called like a product of its time issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, especially since they I had really multiple rollouts. Wonder about some things, but catch that on the Patreon. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, this fucking, it's just, it's so crass, like, the YouTube garbage of that era that was so crass, and, like, bad to women, bad to sex workers, bad to black people, bad to queer folks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know what I want to say anymore, it's just
1: like, fucking, this is, this is the distressing thing to experience, folks. Um, Tone, what's your rating?
2: My rating. Uh, look, I, I, I have a little bit more personal involvement. in
1: that You're allowed to rate it however you want. Okay, there's no judgment here except I might judge you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd say out of a ten, maybe like uh, a four, I guess. But that then is, again, that's that, very that,
1: generous. That,
2: I, I've 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 watched tokusatsu shows about environmentalism, so. I mean, it's not really environmentalism. It's more of like fucking air conditioning, I think. I don't, I don't even know. but if, if I can get more semblance from that and then, you know, once again, we have Bueno's <laughs> comic writer Porky's series. <laughs> I once again, like, also I don't know. It's, it's probably just personal involvement hyping up that rating. But, you yeah, know, that's fair. That's fair. Four.
0: So we're talking four for gun caliber.
2: Four for Gun Caliber. What about Uh, Stray Bullet? Stray Bullet, I kind of actually like Minami Tsuji's direction a little bit more than what else. Don't don't tell me that. (laughs) Uh, So so maybe like a four and a half.
0: You know, I think that's right, actually. Yeah. I'm going to say that Stray Bullet was the stronger project, despite the fact that we needed a movie like Gun Caliber. If only because it was a short project, I think if Kun Caliber was also like a tokusatsu episode versus whatever length it ended up being, um, I I would be way more forgiving of it. I think.
2: Yeah, that's that's why he had to like go back like maybe a year or a year and a half after dropping that movie and go. Let's chop this into 12 episodes. Maybe we can do that. Maybe it'll be more easier to, like,
1: consume. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, there's a reason why I rated Stray Bullet a a little bit higher. Um, And I think that, like, actually, like, if you just took out some of the completely crashed shit, took out a little bit of the boring shit, and really just, like, homie just make the effort and get one fight scene in whatever it fucking takes really like that I honestly like that... you you could
0: cut in the first fight scene from literally cut in the uh in a world text sprawl with the thing or whatever cut that into stray bullet add in the first fight scene and then like chop up like, maybe five minutes off of Stray Bullet of them just, like, shitting on Bueno and Bueno, just acting like a complete, total asshat. Like, just shave, like, five minutes of that, right? Just scenes where he goes just a little bit too far. And you got, like, a pretty you got, like, a pretty good to decent project right there. I
1: I think that's the frustrating thing about this rating, is that there are competent elements on display, and the, and so you do kind of, like, want to give it a little credit or, like, see the hope and promise in it, but also it's just so bad. So, that's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tone, before we get on to the Patreon episode, which, you know, it's going to be our first episode of, like, the rebirth of our Patreon, so that's cool. Is there anything you would like to promote here on the main feed?
2: Well, uh, I have a little fledgling like uh, Instagram art page uh, called Tone Bones. It's uh, Tone Bones, uh, three S's at the end in zeros for O's for my art page. It's it's nothing super uh, heavy now, but I eventually plan to start putting merchandise out. Just you know, just make cool stuff. Hell yeah!
0: Hell yeah! Let's go! That was Stray Bullet and Gun Caliber. Next up, we have on the main feed is going to be Power Rangers Samurai. We're finally back to Power Rangers, but at what cost? (laughs) (laughs) Find out in the next Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.